Well, amen. How many of you are glad to be here in the house of God? Amen. Well, when I started off right off the bat, some of you did. Whoa, hold on. Wait a minute. He's a, man, he's a little bit loud, amen. Hey, I just want to make sure the folks in the back can hear me back there, amen. If it gets too loud, we'll just leave that up to the sound people back there. But it's good to be in the house of God today. And I tell you what, whether you're in Louisiana, amen, whether you're in California over there where, you know, Reese's family needs to get right, amen, maybe move a little bit out this way. I love, I'm going to be in trouble. I'll never be able to go out there again. I, lo I love uh, Brother Reese and uh, Miss Elena and their family. And uh, anyway, so we met when we were, we were out there, amen. But I tell you what, uh, I'm a southern boy. Amen. I tell you what, and uh, and but I am so very thankful that no matter where you're from, hey, not only just uh, salvation just isn't exclusive to the United States of America. Amen. If you're saved and you're born again, I tell you what, we share something in common. And boy, I tell you what, it was reassuring as the Lord was just, hey, Dwayne, you're amongst friends and you're amongst family. And the whole time that you've been here this week, haven't the folks been really nice to you or whatever? Because sometimes, I tell you what, we begin to get a little bit nervous. No matter how much that we preach, David, no matter it, whether or not we know that the message has been given to us and, and we've looked over that message and we've worked very hard and we've studied diligently and we've prayed without ceasing, not only for the message, but for those that we're going to hear it. I tell you what, sometimes we just get a little bit nervous every now and then. So I tell you what, if you'll help me out just a little. I was a little bit worried, Pastor. When you hear that kind of music there in the South, let me tell you something. Folks begin to clap. Not me. Amen. Not me. But boy, those are one of the things that you miss. And, and I'll tell you what, if you don't use it, you just might lose it. Amen. So there was a, a couple times where I thought, well, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to shut this thing down, Pastor. And, and I'm going to get them to clapping a little bit. Amen. The last thing I'd want you to do is lose it. And I'll tell you what, if it was me, I would clap every now and then. I'm telling you. Amen. How about those two-armed hugs? Amen. Boy, I, I miss those. I mean, I tell you, hey, just... Hug a brother, you know, or hug Angela. Angela misses them, I'm telling you. She misses those, those two-arm hugs. It's good to be here in the house of God. Listen, I tell you, I've been, uh, I've been here this week, uh, uh, all week, and I can tell you what, Cortez is God's country. I can tell you that. It is beautiful. I have seen some sights, I tell you what, that uh, Louisiana just cannot compare at all. Now, I tell you, now, if we get into a, a showdown over food, I might can hang with you. But scenery, impossible. There's no way. There's no way at all. And I tell you what, the more that I've gotten over here, I tell people all the time, I'm country as cornbread. And I tell you what, that's country, right? But y'all are too. I tell you what, down home folks. I mean, I'm so thankful uh, to be here. I'm very thankful uh, for the opportunity to be able to minister to your children. You know, your children, as I was talking with them and they were talking with me, and, and I tell you what, it didn't take long, Pastor, until there was this great friendship that was just kindled. And so we still have some great friends. In fact, Wyatt said he's coming home with me, right? Amen. We're leaving this afternoon, Wyatt. You said you loved me. Oh, he didn't say he was going home with me. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's a, that's a big difference right there. I tell you what, but I, I, hey, I, it was my understanding that that's what was going to happen, brother. I tell you what, it was my understanding. But I would have understood just a little bit wrong. Hey, I tell you, I love you guys. I appreciate you so very much. And, and what a challenge we have today from God's word. What an awesome responsibility first as the pastor who is preaching to make sure that I rightly divide God's word to make sure that you hear what the Lord would have uh, for you to hear today. You know, the Lord cares so deeply about you. Here's where if, if a preacher ever gets nervous about anything is the fact is not at the folks that, that we're staring at, not at the folks that we're looking at. We know that we have an awesome responsibility to deliver the message. Am I talking too fast for anybody? No. Amen. That's good. That's good. Listen, they say uh, folks from Louisiana, we talk with our hands, Pastor. 
Could you imagine how fast it was when I had both? Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, good. So if you need subtitles, amen, you're going to have to go back and watch it, and the media group's going to have to help you out on that, amen. Hope you're able to understand. And, and so when I found out that this was going to be the fall fest or the harvest fest, and, and I found out that we were all going to be dressed in uh, Western, and you might be saying, this is how I dress every day. You better be careful. Don't be picking on that, amen. I'm not, amen. I'm not. I tell you what, it is a wonderful thing to be able to come in here, amen, and to promote uh, God's word and promote that fellowship and, and just have a good time and be able to relax amongst the friends, uh, that we have here today. But I thought about rebelling for just a little bit. I did. I thought about going ahead and putting on my suit, putting on my white shirt, putting on my tie, and just coming on in here. I think that it would have proved a, a good point. Number one, it would prove that I wasn't obedient to the pastor who told me, you better wear jeans and you better wear that western shirt, or we're going to bounce you right on out of here. No, he didn't tell me that. He did not tell me that at all. Amen. But I thought that it was so amazing that the Lord had prepared the message in my heart as I read uh, God's word, that he had prepared this message for you. And that, listen, brother, what we're wearing, what we're wearing matters. What you're wearing today matters. I'm not talking about the clothes that we can see with the fleshly eye. I'm not talking about the clothes that we see. I'm glad you have clothes on, though, by the way. Amen. <laughs> I am. I'm really glad. Amen. And you are really glad that I do, too. Amen. <laughs> But it's not, the, it's not what we see, the clothing that we see, that determines whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you're going to heaven, whether or not that you can be a part of the wedding supper of the Lamb. Boy, the Lord looks upon the heart. The Lord, when he sees the Christian, when he sees the born again, listen, in a real way, he's not seeing you. He's seeing the blood of the Lamb. Well, the message that I would like to preach to you this morning is, are you dressed for the wedding? Are you dressed for the wedding? Amen. Matthew chapter number 22. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, amen, I'll give you an opportunity to turn to Matthew chapter number 22. We're going to be looking at verses uh, number 1 through verses number 14 of Matthew chapter number uh, 22 this morning. Again, it's good to be here. I appreciate so much. Miss Heather, listen, that, uh, the place where we're staying has been a refuge. Uh, a, a home away from home and uh, a pastor had I known that there were two big bucks in my front yard you know I probably wouldn't have slept at all I'd have been out there just watching them looking at them trying to catch them maybe I, I tell you what amen amen and so it has been beautiful uh, it has been a wonderful experience for us and I know that uh, listen when I tell you that I'm so very thankful uh, to be here and I, it's not something that I take lightly at all I'm looking forward to meeting each and every uh, one of you uh, today are you dressed for the wedding I tell you what, it's a simple, simple question that we have today. And in chapter number 22, Jesus is teaching a, a parable here. You know, Jesus, that's the way that he taught. That's what he preferred to do. He taught using those parables. And simply put, uh, a parable is a story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. The intent of it was, to, was not just to stir the individual. It, the, the intent of it was that they would think very deeply about what was being taught uh, to the point that it would completely change their outlook. Completely change. In a brief synopsis of the parable we're going to be looking at here, Jesus is painting a picture, several pictures. And so let's read here in chapter number 22. If you found your place, amen, let's stand to honor God in the reading of his word. If you can stand, and if you cannot stand, then you're more than welcome to remain seated this morning. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, 
The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore. Well, I tell you what, this isn't the message today. Listen, the message is primarily to the lost. But does that phrase not sound very familiar to you in Matthew chapter number 28 and verse 19? Jesus also told us, listen, those which are saved, those servants to go ye therefore unto the highways and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered uh, together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Well, I tell you what, listen, does that mean that you're going to be able to work your way to heaven? Were there some that were invited because they were good and were able to participate in salvation and, and live for an eternity in heaven because they were bad or good? No, listen, this, this speaks to how we are as human beings. We judge whether or not we're bad or good oftentimes, Pastor. I tell you what, we, we can all look at the alcoholic. We can all look at the drunk. We can all look at those that are uh, living in open sin and we can say, listen, that's a bad individual. But what about those of us today, boy, that we're trying to get to heaven. We're trying to earn merit with the Savior of our own goodness. Well, and that's what the Word of God is talking about here. Whether they think that they're good in their own eyes or in the eyes of others, it matters not. Invite them to the wedding. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. Well, I tell you what, each and every one of us has been given an invitation. What determines whether or not you've been chosen, amen, or not is what you choose this morning. Well, will you choose to go to the wedding? Or will you choose to go back to the farm, so to speak? Will you choose to go back to the business or the merchandise? Or will you choose to answer the invitation today? Boy, there's a question that we have. Listen, are you dressed for the wedding? Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your kindness and love. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray for this, your people. Dear Lord, dear Lord I pray that uh, you would speak to them. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray, dear Lord, that you would speak through me, dear Lord, as I preach your word. Dear Lord, I pray that the desires of their heart would be answered. Dear Lord, I pray that if there be one here that uh, does not know you in the free pardon of sin, dear Lord, that they would trust you before it is everlastingly too late. Dear Lord, I pray for my church family at home. I think of Miss Brown and Brother Brown as Miss Brown is, uh, is, is nearing death, dear Lord, just a few hours more for a dear saint here on this earth. Oh, it matters, dear Lord Jesus, that one day she trusted you as Savior, that she wears that righteous garment. She's prepared for the wedding, dear Lord. I would have that all people would be as well. Lord, bless now the preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing to honor God in the reading of his word uh, this morning. Just a brief a synopsis or a brief description of the parable. We find that Jesus is painting a consequence of Israel's rejection 
of their Savior. Boy, Israel uh, still to this day does not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, they may think that he was just a prophet or just a good man. And perhaps maybe, too, you have that misconception about the Lord as well. And as a result of that, Jesus here in this parable is, is in a very real way warning them of the impending destruction that is going to be coming their way. In fact, in 70 uh, AD, that is exactly what happened unto them. You know, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 and verse number 11, it says this, that Jesus came unto his own, but his own received him not. Now, as a result of that repeated uh, rejection of their Messiah, uh, we find that the Lord begins to uh, include and, and, and invite all of mankind to the wedding. In John chapter number, uh, number 1 and, and verse number 12, the word of God says this, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What an important verse that is, Pastor, because in that verse is inclusion. In that verse is an invitation to the wedding. Boy, you're invited. And even I am invited to the wedding today. Boy, the parable paints a very real picture of past events and, and those events that are yet to be fulfilled. The king in the parable that we read represents the heavenly father, God uh, almighty. The son represents Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. The servants in, the, in verses 3, verses 4, verses number 6, verses number 8, verses number 10. Listen, uh, those servants are represented uh, of us. Those that have been saved, those that have been born again, those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their savior. But we find that there are other servants mentioned in verse number 13. Boy, those are those uh, heavenly servants that will bind those that are not wearing that wedding garment. Bind those uh, that will be cast into outer darkness. So the overarching theme this morning of the parable, the overarching theme of, of the message this morning is centered on salvation. Can you this morning think of anything more important than when we die, where we will spend and eternity. The word of God says that our life is but a vapor and we're here for just a little while. Boy, and then it passes away. But that's not the end. In fact, really, it's just the beginning of all of eternity. This parable is teaching that only those that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ are going to be permitted to enter into heaven. The Bible tells us that there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb. There's going to be a marriage in heaven. And listen, we call this celebration the marriage supper of the Lamb. You can find a reference to this in Revelation chapter number 19, verses 7 through 9. Well, this passage reveals that only those that are wearing that wedding garment, boy, are going to be permitted to attend that wedding. Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 through 9 says this, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage supper of the Lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be, get this now, should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith to me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Well, if you look closely at that, and you look at verse number eight of Revelation chapter 19, boy, the word of God is very clear that everyone involved in this heavenly celebration, this heavenly marriage will have on a wedding garment that is pure and it is white. 
This morning, I'm going to preach a message, amen. I want you to listen. I want you to join me, amen. You're already here, amen. Uh, just come on in, amen, and join me this morning. And the question of the hour is this. Are you dressed for the wedding? The Bible's clear that all those that have been saved by grace will meet in heaven. And they'll be dressed in that garment of righteousness, that white garment of righteousness. It shouldn't be lost on any of us uh, this morning that wearing the garment, amen, uh, according to the teaching of Jesus, is of the utmost importance this morning. It comes time for the wedding. According to the teaching of Jesus Christ, you must be dressed properly or you'll not be allowed to attend the wedding in that day. While the theme of the parable this morning is centered, you know, on the Lord's desire that all, amen, that whosoever will, amen, that everyone be saved. It's also a stark reminder that eternity is coming. Eternity is coming. Your life will not last forever. Well, I tell you what, uh, for a dear saint back in De Quincey, Louisiana, this very morning, I tell you what, the family has been gathered, Pastor. I tell you what, listen, the friends have been gathered. Uh, uh, Brother Alden, our associate pastor, is there, and he is praying with Miss Brown and Brother Brown today. Well, I tell you what, I'm so thankful uh, that she professed Christ as her Savior, lived a faithful life, a, a life of example, Amen. Boy, but I tell you what, where that salvation was found was not in the life necessarily that she lived. Boy, but in the life that Christ lived. That sinless and that pure life, amen. A life in which he was willing to give that she might be saved. Well, I tell you what, eternity. If you ask her today, pastor, she would turn around, no doubt, and she would tell you, hey, it seems like I was just 12 yesterday. Why, it seems like that me and Brother Brown had just gotten married. Why, it seemed like I was just getting started in this life. And oh, now it is time uh, for me to go into my reward. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4 and verse number 14. Uh, we've mentioned this verse of scripture. It says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Well, we're making plans for tomorrow already. Oh, peradventure, you know, if the Lord is merciful and the Lord is kind, then we'll be able to do those things perhaps that we're planning. But the word of God is clear and it says that we don't know what tomorrow holds. For what is your life? It is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanisheth away. This morning, if you find that you're clothed in the rags of your own self-righteousness, listen, I'm going to beg you this morning, hey, that, listen, that you exchange those filthy rags for those pure white garments, amen, that pure white wedding garment that Jesus is offering to each and every one of you this morning. No one is excluded. The invitation is to all. And as we take a closer look this morning at the parable that we're going to find here in Matthew chapter number 22, I would like to share with you four observations, four observations as we consider this question. Are you dressed for the wedding? Are you dressed for the wedding? First thing that we see here is the availability of the garment. The availability of the garment. I tell you what, if we're going to be there, boy, aren't we concerned whether or not that garment is going to be available for you and for me? And verse number 10 of our text says this, So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together, get this word, all. Amen. You know what all means in the Greek, right? All. Amen. Everyone, amen, everyone, as many as they found both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Boy, I tell you what, the wedding garment is available to you, amen. Hey, I can tell you this, if you knew a little bit about me, you wouldn't have a problem believing that the wedding garment was available to you, because if it is available to me, I know of a surety that is available uh, to you. Well, we find that the king, 
Boy, he sent his servants into the highways. And, and, and literally where he sent them is not only just into the highways, but he sent them into the plazas. I mean, he sent them into the supermarket. Hey, he sent them everywhere that they could possibly go. No place was excluded. Hey, he didn't say stay away from this side of town. He didn't say just go over there. Oh, no, he said whoever you can find, each and every one, all of them. In other words, listen, the Heavenly Father here was not interested in their character. He wasn't interested in their past. He wasn't interested in their social standing. He wasn't interested in their abilities or their popularity or their wealth or their education. Listen, he just wanted whosoever will that was willing to come to that wedding celebration. This is a picture of what the Lord has done through, uh, done through his salvation that he has provided uh, to each of us. When the Lord Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, he prepared a way that is available to all men, to all men, to all women, women, children, boys, girls, all walks of life. God's plan, in other words, is available. What is the availability of the garment, you might ask? Listen, it's available to whosoever will come. Whosoever will accept the invitation, amen, and act upon the invitation. You see this morning the plan of salvation. Listen, the garment of righteousness is available to you. It's available to anyone who will choose to receive it this morning. John chapter 3 and verse number 16. We all know this verse. We've memorized it from our youth. Hey, but have you taken it to heart? Have you acted upon the invitation for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we find that, uh, that it, listen, the wedding garment, its availability is, it's available to all. Thank the Lord for that. But, but secondly, we see that it is available by invitation. It's available by invitation. Notice that the king sent out the servants to invite the people to the wedding. While anyone, now get this, I don't want you to miss this, while anyone can be saved by the grace of God, before anyone can be saved, before anyone can attend the wedding, they must be called by the Lord. They must be invited by the Lord to the wedding. In other words, listen, you've got to get the invitation. Amen. And then you must act upon that. John chapter 6 and verse number 44 says this. No man, that means anyone, right? No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. You see, the scripture tells us that you can only be saved when the Lord is dealing with you. Hey, it is so very important that you act up uh, whenever the Lord is dealing with you, when you've received that inv uh, invitation and the Holy Spirit is working with you. Let me tell you how important it is. You don't wait to the invitation today. Hey, you jump right up and you interrupt the sermon. Amen. Hey, you get down here. You act upon that invitation. Amen. We're not guaranteed another breath. We're not guaranteed another minute. Hey, you're not even guaranteed that God will continue to call you, although he is long-suffering and patient, not willing that any should perish. Well, we see that they've received the invitation to the wedding, but, but they put God off. The examples are there, verse after verse. They were invited, uh, and, and they turned it down, and they were invited, but they thought other things uh, were more important. The farms and the merchandise, so to speak, was more important than attending the wedding. And so they turned it down. They turned the invitation down. Well, listen, some folks will put off salvation for whatever the reason, perhaps they believe that they'll be able to come to the Lord when they're ready. And maybe they'll be able to come to him on their own terms. But the word of God doesn't teach that. It's not so. The word of God is clear that the only time anyone can ever be saved is when the Lord is dealing with their heart. However, he's not promised to call repeatedly. Although we find a wonderful example of his patience and his long suffering. Uh, to, the, to the point that, listen, he continued to call them to the point that it aggravated them. Uh, to the point that where they actually even slew his his servants. You know, there comes a day 
when God will no longer deal with the lost. Boy, we live in the day of grace, Pastor. I'm so thankful for that. But there, there'll come a day when God will no longer deal with the lost. The day of grace will be over. The chance to accept the wedding invitation will be over. Let me ask you a question. Would it, be, would it do you any good, even if you desired to go to the wedding? And if you desired to go to the wedding today, it would be a wonderful thing. But let me ask you this. What if the wedding was last week? Can you attend that wedding? The time of that wedding has passed and so in a very real way listen there's an urgency about the question today are you dressed for the wedding boy we must uh we must receive the invitation we must act on the invitation amen before the wedding before the wedding gets here if a person fails to respond to the call of the lord for salvation there's always that danger of stepping over god's deadline and through that rejection of the lord's invitation you will seal your fate Trust Jesus as your Savior, amen. amen. Trust Him. Put on His righteousness, amen, this morning and be saved. Come today, right? Do it now, amen. Do it now. The invitation is open now. It's not when the piano starts, amen. It's open to you right now. Don't wait. Don't wait, amen. And so we find that the garment, amen, is available to all. But secondly, this morning, we see the acceptance of the garment. Well, I tell you what, in this uh, particular day, uh, especially the, those weddings that involve those that were wealthy and had the means to be able to provide uh, the garment, that's what they would do. They would provide a wedding garment to those. And when the guests uh, received the invitation and they acted upon the invitation and they RSVP'd, so to speak, amen, then they were given, oh, they were given that white wedding garment. The day a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, amen, that person receives that robe of righteousness, amen. In other words, their sins are forgiven. How many of you are thankful, amen, if you're saved, if you're born again, that your sins are forgiven, amen? Boy, listen, your sins are forgiven, amen, and not only that, but you are justified by faith in the finished work of Christ and in the sight of God. Do you know the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3, in verse number 9, and be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Boy, real quickly, we begin to understand that it's not our righteousness. Boy, the word of God tells us that our righteousness are but filthy rags in the book of Isaiah. Amen. Boy, you see that the wedding garment this morning is a gift. It's given to every believer the instant that they trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it's worn by the believer all of the time. Amen. It's never to be removed and it's never to be taken away. How many of you are thankful for that? Amen. 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 We find that it is received by faith. It's received by faith. When we're looking at the acceptance here, we, we, we find that it being received by faith is so very important. The way to get your wedding garment is simple. You might already be ahead of me and you're saying, hey, Brother Dwayne, listen, the, uh, I already need to know how to get the wedding garment. Well, listen, it's simple. It's received by simply putting your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work upon the cross of Calvary. It's given to those that place their faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. You see, it's Jesus Christ plus nothing else. Amen. Jesus Christ plus nothing else. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. We all know this. We've quoted it from a child, right? For by grace you're saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, I tell you what, if we wrapped up this nice gift and this nice present, well, I tell you what, we put that under the Christmas tree and when our children opened up the present and, and they saw what they got, then you said, well, wait a minute. You owe me $5 for that. Some of you are thinking about maybe doing that, amen? You might be able to make a little bit of that money back, amen, during Christmas time. 
Amen. But that wouldn't be called a gift at all, right? That wouldn't be called in a gift. Listen, but the gift of God, listen, is a free gift. It is given uh, by the Lord. Listen, no one will ever get their wedding garment this morning by being religious. No one will get their wedding garment, amen, this morning uh, by being good. No one this morning will get their wedding garment because they have a better education than the next individual. No one will get their wedding garment based on their wealth, uh, how much money that they have, how much money that they give to those good causes. You see, the reason that the Christian serves the Lord and, and works for the Lord is because we love the Lord. It's because we are saved. We're not working for salvation, amen. We're saved and therefore we work for the Lord because we love him. You see, that wedding garment would be given by the Savior uh, as a gift when the sinner places his faith and trust all in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful, amen, that we're not going to get to heaven on our own merit? Well, I tell you what, I would fall up miserably short, amen, before I ever got started, amen, I would just give up. Boy, but because we're depending on Jesus Christ, amen, oh, the Son of God, all man, all God, amen, he paid the price, amen, he paid the price. And thank the Lord that whenever he sees us, he sees uh, Jesus Christ, he sees the blood of the Lamb. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess the Lord, uh, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. But we see also that it's absolutely free. Boy, I tell you what, it cost heaven everything. Amen. It cost the lovely Lord Jesus his life. Amen. Oh, I'm so thankful that he took it back up again the third day. Amen. Hey, he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you and for me. Well, but I tell you what, there was a time when there was a great deal of pain as the crown of thorns was placed upon his head. Oh, with his stripes, the word of God says that we are healed as he was scourged, as the nails were driven in his hands and in his feet. And you might be asking this morning, well, why in the world did he have to do that? Well, uh, uh, the word of God uh, makes it very clear that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Boy, and I tell you what, the blood of bulls and goats could not get it done. Boy, but the blood of the Savior, the creator of the world, that perfect sacrifice. You see, the wedding garment is absolutely free. It can't be purchased at any price. I don't care how much money that you have this morning. Listen, it is a gift. We've established that. Doesn't matter how much money or resource, uh, resources that a person has today, nor does it matter how little they have either. Well, I tell you what, I'm so thankful for that. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23. Why did the Savior have to die? Well, the explanation is here. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, there's that word gift. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now, if the word of God would have said that salvation is a free gift and it would have only said it one time, that would have been enough for me, Pastor. But time and time and time again, we can find out that it is that free gift. All that matters this morning, in this very moment, the most important thing in your life is not what's going on out there, not what's going on on the job tomorrow. Listen, the most important thing today is that you accept the wedding invitation. And in repentance this morning, place your faith and your trust and your all in the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when the person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior this morning, God gives 
them the gift of that wedding garment. Salvation can't be bought, y'all. Can't be, amen? It's the gift of God, and I'm so thankful for that. Boy, we see that it's also the right fit. Boy, the, the, I tell you what, I have a hard time buying clothes. You might, you might be saying, I don't, I, don't see, I don't see how that is, uh, Pastor. I don't, I don't, how in the world would you have a hard time? Well, when I go in to buy a suit, for example, every time they try to charge me for the whole suit. Now, y'all can tell that that's wrong, right? Amen. But so far, I've had to pay for the entire suit. Every one of them. Maybe you might be saying, listen, I have my own problems of trying to get fitted, you know, for clothes. Perhaps that's your story, too. But listen, the wedding garment that is given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a perfect fit each and every time. Hey, do you know that it fits the young and the old? It fits the big and the little. It fits the rich and the poor. Amen. Listen, it fits the short and the tall. God's wedding garment fits every life perfectly. You know, some of you this morning might be searching for peace and contentment in every other thing that you can find. You might be uh, searching for that peace and contentment in, in your marriage. You might be searching for that peace and contentment by buying a new car. Well, and I tell you what, listen, we're happy for a little while till the new smell wears off, right? Boy, the only place that lasting contentment and peace and completeness can be found is in Jesus Christ and that relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, uh, you were born with, with a Jesus-sized, a Jesus-shaped spot missing in your heart. Boy, nothing will fill that other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the remedy, amen, for the sin in your life. Jesus is the remedy, amen. Hey, it's the answer of how do we get to heaven. Completeness and peace are only found through that relationship. Do not forget that, amen, in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13, the word of God says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How about 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering uh, to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Boy, you want to see the heart of the Savior? Well, I tell you what, oftentimes when we think of God and we think of Jesus, we think of religion, we think of the church, we think of the pastor, amen, we think of the leadership within the church. Well, I tell you what, we think judgment. Well, they're only wanting to show me how I'm wrong. But really all the Lord wants to do is show you how much he loves you this morning. Amen. Give your life to him before it's everlastingly too late. See, salvation is that perfect fit. It's the perfect fit for each and every one of you out there. It's the perfect fit for me. I've never been the same. Amen. Nor will I ever be the same again. No one was ever made worse off. Think about this. No one was ever made worse off by accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. No one. No life was ever ruined uh, through a personal relationship with Jesus. That can't be said of anything else. Oh, we see that fourthly here, it's approved by the Father. When we look back at our parable here, uh, the king came in and he saw a man who did not have on the right wedding garment. He didn't have the garment on. And we find out that he was rejected and that he was forced out by the king. You see, the garment was a requirement to be in the presence of the king. And it was a requirement to be in attendance there at the wedding. You see, the same is true when it comes to the garment of salvation. Amen. This morning, same thing. To be without that garment, amen, of salvation. Hey, without the righteousness of Christ, amen. Oh, I tell you what, we will come up lacking when it comes to the Father. Every person this morning, every person that is clothed with the garment of the Son, the Son, amen, Jesus Christ's righteousness will be accepted by the Father in heaven. 
Isn't it interesting that religion won't do? Good works will not do it either. Being kind won't do it. The only thing that will clothe you in such a way to make you pleasing to the Father is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Putting on His righteousness. You see, here's the thing this morning. Everyone is going to heaven. Everyone is going to heaven. Well, that got some of your attention. Just not everyone is going to get to stay. Boy, that ought to be a stark reality to us this morning. You see, when we arrive in heaven, we're not going to be admitted on the basis of what we did or what we did not do. We'll be admitted purely on the basis of how we are dressed. Boy, do you have the wedding garment on this morning? Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 12, as I hasten on, neither by blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And so we find the ability of the garment. What is the garment's ability? Well, it changes your appearance. The garment changes your appearance. In our weddings today, what does the bride do? She tries to set herself apart. Amen. When you go into the wedding, you can easily recognize uh, the wedding. However, in ancient times, it wasn't that way. Everyone wore the wedding garment. Everyone looked the same. Everyone was dressed identically. When a person accepts the invitation from Jesus Christ to be saved. Listen, Jesus Christ changes them completely. Not only does he change them completely. Listen, he changes them uh, externally. He changes them internally. Hey, but more importantly than that, he changes them eternally. Amen. No, fall, no, no longer is your default destination. Amen. Hell. Hey, when you're redeemed, when you're born again. Amen. Then your destination becomes heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You see that the change is so great in the life of the individual that accepts Christ as their Savior that the Lord himself never sees that person the same again. You're viewed completely different to him. He looks at you and he looks at me. Those of us who are saved and born again this morning, listen, he looks at you through the blood of Jesus Christ. He declares that, uh, that, listen, that you're justified and that you're righteous in his sight. When they're wearing the wedding garment, in other words, you're clean, amen, in the sight of the Lord. Well, listen, uh, not only does it change our appearance, listen, it covers our appearance, the word of God says. Listen, some of these people that uh, the servants went out to gather up, some of those people no doubt were, were dirty. Well, they had dirt all over them, right? Others may have been beggars. Perhaps maybe they were dressed in rags. Some may have been wealthy. Maybe they were dressed in the finest clothes that you could buy in that day. But it didn't matter. Whatever their appearance, whatever it was, when they were called, when they put on the wedding garment, it covered, amen, listen to this, a multitude of sins. It covered everything. Listen, gone was the filth in their life. Gone was the ugliness of the rags in their life. All that could be seen was the white cleanliness of the wedding garment. Amen. The good and bad, in verse number 10 of our text, the good and bad, the word of God says, was invited. The Bible tells us that our own righteousness is nothing but filthy rags in Isaiah chapter 64 in verse number 4. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 22. You might be thinking this morning, hey, wait a minute. Is it really that important? Is that really what's happening? Is God, when he sees me, is he, is, does he actually see Jesus Christ? Well, I tell you what, we would be in trouble. We would be in trouble if whenever the Lord saw us, amen, that, that he would see us for who we were. 
Boy, listen, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 22. Listen to what it says. Boy, I, you need to go back and read several verses there. It's really good. It, it explains this, but I want you to, to see this. In the body of his flesh, talking about Jesus, through death, to present you, right? Those that are saved, those that have on the wedding garment, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable, get this, in his sight. Boy, I tell you what, we're not standing on our own righteousness in that day. Amen. Boy, we are standing upon the righteousness of the Son. Amen. I am so very thankful uh, to that. Sadly, many are blind. Amen. Perhaps maybe you this morning, unfortunately, are blind to your true condition this morning. However, when a person places his faith in Jesus for salvation, get, get this, they're covered, they're covered by his righteousness. And all the filth and all the rags and all the ugliness of their sin is forever covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the grace of Almighty God. When he sees me, he sees the blood of the Lamb. He sees me as worthy and not as I am. He views me in garments as white as the snow. For the Lamb of God is worthy. He washed me this I know. Amen. Woo, amen. I tell you what, thank God, amen. When we're saved, we are clean in the sight of God, amen. Not by our works, not by our goodness, but by and through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, amen. I'm so thankful for that. Hey, listen, how are you dressed this morning? How are you dressed this morning? In the garment of your own righteousness this morning? Or have you put on Jesus Christ? Hey, when God sees you, does he see the blood of the lamb? Lastly, this morning, amen, I hasten on. The absence of the garment. What happens if there is no garment? I tell you what, listen, this is really the crux. This is the focal point of the parable that Jesus was teaching. Jesus tells us here in this parable that after the guest arrived for the wedding that the king saw a man that had not a wedding garment on. When I tell you what, that, that produced three reactions. That produced three reactions at this wedding. Now listen, I want you to understand something this morning, amen? That if you tried to go to heaven without the wedding garment, Oh, the same things that came to pass right here, Pastor. Oh, those same things will come to pass in your life as well. Well, the Word of God teaches us that Jesus Christ is the door and that He's the way and that He's the truth and that He's the life. And it also tells us that if we try to get to heaven in any other way, that we're the same as a thief and a robber. Boy, wouldn't it be a shame to be classified as a thief and a robber? When you find out later on there in the jail cell, you find out that, wait a minute, I could have had that for free? Boy, that would have been much easier. Before I broke the glass, amen? Before I climbed over the wall, so to speak. Boy, I tell you what, uh, the first thing that it produced, amen? And listen, uh, I'm nearing the end of the message. I want you to pay attention. You've done a good job, amen? But don't miss this part of the message. Look at verse number 11, if you would. The first thing that it produced whenever the king saw uh, the individual without the wedding garment, it produced a showdown. It produced a showdown. Look at verse number 11. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. So when the king saw the man uh, at the wedding without that garment, he confronted him about it. Friends, today, everyone in this room, each and every one of us, you and me alike, listen, we need to understand that there's coming a day when every person, uh, according to God's word, will see God face 
to face. Oh, for the saved, for the saved, it'll take place at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. And we find that account in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. But that's not the focus. I want to focus on the lost. And for the lost, that dreadful day is known as the great white throne judgment. Every person who has ever lived and every person that has died without the wedding garment that we've been preaching and teaching about, the wedding garment that Christ was speaking about, every person that has lived and died without that garment will stand before the Lord and give an account for their lack of that wedding garment. Secondly, we see that it, it produced shock. Not only did it produce a showdown, but it produced shock. Verse number 12, And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Well, this individual didn't have anything to say, but the Word of God tells us that there is coming a day uh, whenever the Lord will look at uh, certain individuals, those that are not clothed in the wedding garment, those that are not clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And the Word of God tells us that the Lord God Almighty is going to say, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. But they'll offer excuses. Haven't we done many wonderful works in thy name? And haven't we cast out devils in thy name? Well, I tell you what, there's power in that name. But look, listen. They did not put on Christ. They did not put on the wedding garment in that moment. But we have this individual here. The man saw that he wasn't hidden from the king. And you won't be able to hide today. Hey, you think I would have been able to hide today with uh, my suit on today with my tie? It would have been pretty hard to hide, amen, in this crowd today. Amen. You would have been able to point me out. You, you would have been, listen, I could blend in in here, amen, amongst the family of God. Well, but I tell you what, if I wasn't wearing uh, the garment that we're wearing today, Boy, if I wasn't dressed as everyone else today, I would be sticking out like a sore thumb. That's exactly what happened. It wasn't that the Lord was going around looking at it. Listen, that jumped out at the Lord. It was easily recognizable. And whenever the, the Lord recognized that, that man was speechless. In other words, he didn't make any excuses for the condition. And he made uh, no apologies. After all, what could he say? His condition was obvious. And so he offered no excuse. The bottom line is that when he was confronted with the truth, there wasn't anything that he could do about it. Anything that he could say in that moment. Thirdly and lastly, we find uh, today that it produced shame. Not only did it produce a, a showdown, not only did it produce a shock in this individual, but it also produced shame. Look at verse number 13. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, Jesus Christ, in a very real way, listen, boy, I tell you what, as he's teaching in those parables, oftentimes, faster, what he would do is allow us to be able to study that and to be able to make the comparisons and the analogies. But Jesus Christ, here in this moment, stepped away from the natural and he, he, he went straight to the spiritual. This was such an important thing that he didn't leave it up to their own interpretation. Hey, he let them know, hey, listen, guess what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a place called hell. I'm talking about eternal judgment. Hey, I'm talking about the spiritual. I'm, I'm no longer just talking talking about a wedding here in case you didn't understand in case you were here today and you think that we're just talking about the wedding no, no Jesus is saying it's much more important than that yeah. boy there is eternity at stake Amen. where you will spend eternity will it be heaven or will it be hell question is is what will happen when you die Jesus tells us in verse 13 that this man who did not have on the proper wedding garment was cast into outer darkness it's a picture of hell Every person who leaves this world clothed in their own righteousness and not in the righteousness of Jesus will spend all of eternity, the word of God says in hell, separated from the Lord who died for them and has made a way for their salvation. Yes. Hell's an awful place, amen? It is. But Jesus paid the price this morning so you all oh, could choose heaven instead of going.
to that awful place. Oh, what a shame this morning it would be for you to reject the invitation uh, this morning here on September the 17th. Amen. 2023, your life can be completely changed. This morning, I beg of you, listen, before it's eternally too late, trust Christ. Trust Christ as your Savior. Put on His righteousness. Have the wedding garment, amen, on. What's going to happen when you die? What's going to happen? Well, here's the thing. That all depends on what you do with Jesus Christ. It all depends on what you do with Him. In conclusion, are you dressed for the wedding this morning? Are you dressed for the wedding? You might be saying, preacher, well, well how do I know? Well, it all depends, like I just said, on what you have done with Jesus. Uh, if you've never received Jesus Christ this morning as your Savior, listen, then you're lost. Word of God says that you need to be born again. I mean, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior. But for those of you, listen, uh, there may be a time in your life when you bowed as a sinner and and you call on Jesus in faith and you confess your sin. Amen. And, and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, the word of God says that you're born again. Amen. That you have put on that heavenly garment. If there's the slightest doubt this morning. Oh, in your mind. There's the slightest doubt in your heart this morning about the condition uh, of your never dying soul. Listen, I challenge you to come to this altar. Amen. Oh, get it forever settled. Amen. Come and be, not just stirred, but come and be forever, forever changed. Are you dressed for the wedding? Are you dressed for the wedding, Lighthouse Baptist Church? You can be. You can be, amen. But you must be dressed for the wedding. You must be dressed, amen. Will you come?